Bonnie Violet. I'm a trans femme, gender queer, spiritual drag artist, and digital chaplain. And in case you don't know where you are, you found yourself at Drag and Spirituality um, as part of my Idaho Drag is Divine series with my special guest, Vice, this evening. Um, for those who've never been here before, um, you're here. <laughs> um, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to take um, the next 45 minutes and speak with a friend about their experience with drag and spirituality and how those may intersect or maybe they don't but we will soon find out um feel free to ask questions and make comments um as you're watching us live or if you're listening to us after the fact check out the links in the description to get connected with us after the show all right well i'm going to go ahead and bring on our next bring on our guest and just get this show on the road hello hi <laughs> hi how are you i'm good how are you I'm good. I'm so glad that you're here <laughs> with me. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself just real briefly? My name is Vice. I am a performer uh, who performs in Boise for the most part. Live in Nampa, though. Um, don't perform in Nampa that much because I don't know. It's kind of it's scary out here when it comes to like the farther you go from Boise, the more uh, <laughs> the more phobic it gets. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm just a performer and a producer and a diva. That's about that it. You are awesome. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you could be all that and show up tonight. Um, I'm not one that's good with foreplay, so I usually like to just get right into the conversation. And I'd love, so I go to like really chill and just talk about childhood. So, what was uh, what did you learn as a child when it came to spirituality or spiritual matters? Well, I grew up in uh, in a little ranch town in Mexico, in the state of Michoacan. Very rural, houses made of adobe, no transportation, you have to walk everywhere. Totally different. I'm so glad I got that experience of another country. I hope you have, because it's like it changes your mind completely of how society can be. <laughs> There's other ways. Yeah. Some of them are better, some of them are not. One of them being is that the sense of community there, like I could go to any house I wanted to in the neighborhood and come back whenever like um and in and in the US everybody's like everybody's more um like to themselves it's very individualistic everybody's inside their fences paranoid of each other <laughs> mm. so that's kind of like something that's something i miss about mexico is that sense of community and it's very strictly very tied to religion which has been something mm. that i've had to think about a lot 
Like, for example, over there, when there's a quinceañera or, or a wedding, everybody in town can come to the to the church, and then everybody can come to the dance after. And there's mm. no, like, since it's rural, there's not really any bars. So that's how people, like, mingle and date and, like, and, and, and how they party is they will go from party to party. Okay. <laughs> so it's also a lot more cost effective, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, and that's why kids in, like, Latinx countries grew up dancing because we grew up dancing since we're little. Which I think it's so 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's definitely more feels more cultural. Yeah, and it was and it was rough growing up without being so intensely part of people's like belief system, because like the homophobia is there, and it's hor- just as horrible as over here. The machismo on top of that, which is just another word for misogyny, <laughs> and uh, and you know a, a lot of oppression is uh, interconnected. And uh, it was it was rough growing up like that because then I had to, once I I realized I was I came to terms with being gay I had to come to terms with the religious part of it and had to decide do I want to be part of that and do I want to fight to be part of something that doesn't want me mm. and that is going to and then like once you start with religion once you start are like like unraveling a couple of things that all falls apart. Because it's all just like growing up when I was little, I was this kid with a very active imagination. So mm-hmm. all hearing all like the hellfire, all that, all that condemnation, all that would happen from sinning and from not not meeting what the Bible says or what people say that the Bible says, uh, I took it really, I really internalized it. So I was really, I was really scared a lot of the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would be at night and like you know that feeling when you close your eyes and you hear a th- thump 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 I don't know if you have that but I've heard it ever since I was little I imagine like death like walking towards me those oh, are like wow. the steps of death and when it speeds up it's because death is closer mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds terrifying yeah and we would we'd get told stories like oh like this person was visited by the devil like I had a cousin who lived in like they had a little little outhouse, not like if you're like going to the bathroom, but just another little building, um, close to the house because over there you just build wherever. And uh, they said that he because he was having premarital sex that the devil visited him and scratched up the walls, and oh, so wow. and so there were scratches on the walls, and it was like all those things over there are presented to you as as the truth and very real. So I was in constant fear. And then, yeah, uh, yeah then, then when I was older, trying to get, get that all out of myself was really difficult. It was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life because it was, it, it was, uh, and then it was also really um, mentally and emotionally. It, I was so depressed. I was like, I was suicidal pretty much. I had to mm-hmm. like convince myself that like because you get told that you have no value i had to i had internalized that and i had to like progressively like break out of that and it took years yeah, to feel you... like to feel like my life had value and that i was worth being alive mm. how, Sorry, how did you do that <laughs> no i mean i i asked i went there <laughs> how did you how did you work through that it was I think a big lifestyle was moving to the U.S. and uh, and it was uh, a lot of my life I've lived that like by curiously looking through the internet and finding other communities. I and then 
seeing what's out there because uh like I, when i when we grew up there was like very little lgbt representation that was positive mm-hmm. that was positive and uh, it was all pretty bleak and then it, things started turning around and you i guess you just grow and you you get older and you realize that all the horrible stuff was not true <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, so did you kind of stay away from the religion once you came to the U.S., or was, were you able to just kind of cut that out completely? Or yeah, I cut it out completely. I was not. I'm. Not, I was not interested at all. Yeah, yeah. And when did drag come into your life? Because I know, I know you started pretty young. So yeah, I started around like uh, one or two years before Drag Race aired. I like because I told you I was looking at other communities and I got really invo- uh, like interested in the New York City nightlife because coming here being an immigrant and not having the ability to just be able to like a lot of uh, so, some people have the ability to like to go somewhere more progressive that was never an option for me because um finding a job is not easy so uh trying to leave and like it just I knew homelessness was uh was like a possibility if I left Mm-hmm. And, and all these other legal things. And so I decided, uh, so that's how I did it safely. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I was inspired by the New York City nightlife scene and people who are doing it like cool androgynous uh, drag that makes uh, high fashion. They were like not having like breasts and they were like looking like models and doing really avant-garde, uh, really, really fashion forward outfits. And that was really inspiring to me. Um, and so I thought it looked like fun and that's where I, where I got the bug. Nice. And you moved directly to Idaho or did you, I was in California for a little bit. Uh, then I lived in Arizona for a little bit. Uh, but most of my young adult life was in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I I thought I was getting, (laughs) sorry. What what were Uh, you getting? No, there's just like uh, some noises and stuff around here. So I got a little distracted. So my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you're in the U.S., you're checking out the New York. How did the New York night scene, like how did you translate that to being here though? Well, they, uh, it was, then then Drag Race came about. And then, uh, and then, um, then I was uh, going to college at the uh, Boise State, well, CSI first, then Boise State, and then I became president of, of the LGBT organization, mm-hmm. which at the time was called Be Glad. And okay, so I was a president of that, and that there, I uh, they had done shows before, so I kept organizing shows, and it was those were so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you and I first met, well, one of the first times we met, and I'm sure we, we had met before you performed mm-hmm. or did drag at the event, but do you want to tell a little bit about that event? Oh, the one you booked me for? <laughs> yeah, for it was for a national <laughs> HIV testing, like kind of festival that we were doing at Ann Morrison. Yeah, or, I remember Ann exactly Morrison. what what it was called. It was called Kiss. Mm-hmm, Kiss, <laughs> know your status. Know yes. your status. And and there were a couple of performers who were booked to perform, and I was one of them. And uh, I don't know how I got condoms, but I started handing out condoms to people. And then passersby would like go on their bikes and I would throw them at them. And it was mm-hmm. so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I said Ann, Ann Morrison, but it was Ann Frank. It was Ann, Ann Frank, Frank Memorial. Memorial, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was, I think, a fairly new venue at that time though. Wasn't it pretty oh, new? Oh, really? I felt like I don't, it was. I don't, you know, they don't have, they don't have, hold events there very often. I can't mm-hmm. think of the last one besides, you know, when it was attacked. Mm, yeah, that yeah. people. 
Yeah, and so that was a little while ago. Oh, like, <laughs> can't tell you the year. I know. Didn't we figure it was like between 10 and 15 years ago, right? Sure. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yes, yes. And what how what was drag like for you in the beginning? Um it was a, you know you 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 probably remember the scene here. We didn't have much. We had mm -hmm. Gemcore, we had pageants. And then the organizations, some of the organizations that went went with pageants. So if you want and then and then lip sync. So that lip sync was like the thing that you could aspire to by doing pageants and by by just by performing with Gemcore. So mm -hmm. um and they were like a set cast, so you would hope for like a guest spot sometime. So that was right. like all you could aspire to here, and that's the scene we had. And um I didn't quite fit in that scene because uh I was young and different, and they kind of didn't like that. A lot of people didn't get it. <laughs> right. Uh, some people still don't, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> mm. It's definitely uh, gotten a lot better, though, but I know what you mean. Like, yeah, and so else. that's when I, uh, I I got disrespected a couple of times. And one time, I like the last straw for me was when somebody came up to me and said all these misogynistic, horrible, like internalized homophobia, horrible things at me. And I, when I went to one of the leaders of an organization, told them, hey, they told me this. And they told me that if I did anything they found inappropriate or that if I had like Pacey's or something because I don't have breasts, you know, that they would uh, cut my music and like and publicly embarrass me like that. So I was like, oh, I'm wow. spending all my time, money, I'm paying to get up here and perform for this. Like it was not mm -hmm. worth it. So then that's when I decided to start doing my uh, doing my own shows. And I did my first show in 2009, I think. Nice. And what was that show about? Oh my God, it was so great. So, uh, <laughs> so I fell in a hole <laughs> at Wells Fargo. <laughs> And I thought I wasn't going to get anything from them. And I did end up getting $3,000. So I had that. Nice. And so I organized with the back. I had this idea to like do a show that celebrates all the artistry and drag. And it was going to be called Gesam Kunstwerk, which means uh, total work of art in German. And I thought mm. it was like, it's about celebrating the, because at the time I, st I stepped away from the local drag scene and started getting more involved in the local burlesque scene because they were doing exciting things. They were a lot more inclusive. They liked weird stuff. They, they like, they like interesting, entertaining things. And so I was an interesting, entertaining thing. So, <laughs> so I fit in <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I saw so much artistry there and, and, and so much really cool enterprising. Like you remember Frankie, frankly, Frankie, Frankie, mm -hmm. she yeah. had so many towns and then she had so many different venues. There was like Pingillies where you could go for free and see burlesque. There were like productions where like that you paid a cover. So there were like different places for different, for like different accessibilities and then just more shows throughout. Like before that it would be like, a show every month or every couple yeah. of months and and with burlesque they were doing like we somewhere like bi-weekly somewhere and then some monthly ones so they were a lot more and then there are multiple multiple ones throughout town through the months and thought that was so cool and i wanted that in drag mm -hmm. <laughs> so my first show was uh, i wanted to mix both scenes and so i had dragon burlesque performers and then i also wanted a that we weren't getting, we had gotten a couple of, uh, of uh, outside performers, but we weren't really getting like the headliners here. So I, uh, that's what I wanted also to bring to town. And so I booked Tri uh, Trixie Mattel for that one. And it mm. was very expensive. 
<laughs> yeah. And, was it and, a good and show? It was like, artistically, it's one of, it was one of the best shows ever. It was incredible. But but financially, no. <laughs> no, yeah. Financially, it cost like four thousand, and I lost about three thousand. So, oh wow, yeah. So, so very, yeah, that was a once in a lifetime wow. event. Yeah, that was a once in. A, hi, Riley. <laughs> Riley, we're loving this. <laughs> that was Kayla a once in a lifetime. Heart. That was a once in a lifetime event, and everybody who went to it can tell you it was incredible. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that was kind of the jumping off point for you as far or like a milestone and really kind of, I don't know, pushing you to the next level or even pushing Boise to the next level? Yeah, I, I would say it was a, a part of it. I wasn't the only one because frankly, Burlesque was also mm -hmm. including drag performers. So there were other people that helped build the multi-faceted multi scene we have now. Um, but I think it was definitely part of it because before there was no place for weirdos and there was no, and then a lot of, I know a lot of people who uh, went to that show and started doing drag. I think it was like, I think I remember Elle was there in a really cool look, mm -hmm. like one of their first times in drag. I, um, I think Annie and Hazel were there and there's a lot of people who are too young, <laughs> who were too young <laughs> to go, who are now part of the drag scene as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I I, I've done more shows and then, and then, and then. Uh, other 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 people have taken notice or have br have brought in other performers. So it's been really cool to see how much the scene has grown. Now there's so many shows. Last week I did three three back to back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in I mean, week. Boise's Boise's really become quite the drag scene. I I am so impressed one with just how much drag there is and just mm -hmm. the variety of drag, the variety of performers, and and it, there's a lot of like BIPOC like representation and leadership it seems which is so different than yeah you know. and it, sometimes it, somebody will bring that up and i'll be like oh yeah i totally just like like that's not like i mean i mean it's amazing but it's not something that i'm really thinking about i mean right. i am thinking about like making shows so that, that have like a like a when i'm booking shows i'll go to the people of color first to make sure i have a diverse cast uh, right. But I'm not thinking about like, oh, I'm a leader and I'm a pillar mm -hmm. and oh, amazing. Of course, of course, of course. But you <laughs> do have to say that it's, of color. <laughs> it's very different though from when you started, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There weren't any. Well, there were a couple, but like it was, it wasn't. It's just a different scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been really impressed with just coming back to um, Idaho and just seeing the the changes. Um, with with just drag but also just even just out aesthetic like gender presentation would mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about your gender identity and how that relates to your drag if at all you well that's the amazing part about drag is that it allowed me to like well first of all it allowed me like growing up being uh being an immigrant being undocumented not being able to uh, like afford to go to college i wanted to work in fashion design i wanted to have an art career i went to college for the arts uh, but i couldn't afford it because i had to pay out of pocket it's impossible mm -hmm. <laughs> but i tried um but and then drag allows me to have an art career without all the drag career bullshit like all right. like Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with all the 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 rich white peopleness of the art world. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine. And you yeah, I, to, can like, I can imagine. Bullshit your way through pretending like everything has worth, <laughs> and mm. it's super important. <laughs> and it's. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> so uh yeah drag allows me to do all, what was the question <laughs> about your just about gender actually <laughs> and how your gender identity and how drag impacts that if at all. oh gender sorry that was i didn't okay. answer anything about gender but yeah it's um <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's been fascinating i remember when i first started uh being in drag not being comfortable with everybody to calling me she because mm -hmm. it's just like probably internalized misogyny and all that <laughs> but now i'm like it allows me to express all the all the parts of myself that i don't that i bef had re rejected or had put away to make to feel safe mm -hmm. so it's been very liberating and definitely uh don't feel like i'm somewhere I definitely feel like somewhere in the not and not in, in either binary. So, yeah, yeah. And but uh -huh. go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, I said, but I'm um, like, I just, um, I think how I, it's just that gender is such a personal question. And for mm -hmm. me, my gender journey has been that I'm like, I'm comfortable with the parts that fit the binary and I'm comfortable with the parts that don't. And mm -hmm. I think that's the growth I've had. And drag has helped me so much through that. Yeah, I definitely can relate to drag having kind of pulling my gender expression out of me and my comfort <laughs> level outside of drag for sure. <laughs> definitely. And where does where would you say? Um, I know, I know, like where would you say you land with your spirituality now? If like, how would you talk about that? It, it's rough because I'm like, I, I call myself the enemy of spirituality. Because that's what divine calls herself in, <laughs> in female <laughs> trouble. <laughs> um, drag is divine, literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a divine fan. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's been rough because um, as I get as I as I get older, I have to deal with a lot different issues, and sometimes I think one of the ones that I think about a lot is like when somebody. Like I, I've had people like when people pass away, the like one that just comes to when people pass away, the expected answer is always like thoughts and prayers because that's mm -hmm. what people like what people gives the meaning in life, what they cling to. I know my mom, my mom has been through so many medical, just horrible things that she had to push through, and she talks about seeing the Virgin Mary and about like things that push her through. So I, can so I'm a little bit more like. I'm not that respectful to religion, but mm. but I understand how the impact it has on people's lives, even if I don't believe in any of it whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting having to navigate all of the things that religion is a part of in our society that without having those beliefs. So mm -hmm. I end up having to find ways to be uh, genuine and caring without thoughts and prayers yeah that how what what does that look like or sound like to you it just sounds like a genuine caring statement mm -hmm. it just sounds Same. like acknowledging uh, acknowledging what's going on trying to find peace or or just trying to give people room or let people understand or let myself understand that you know you have to like you have to mourn it's okay to feel feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just, it just depends on the situation yeah, and the person. Right. But it sounds like finding a way to see and acknowledge and to be with mm -hmm. someone in those times rather than just kind of like being like, oh, you're not da da da. So I'm just not even going to address it, but really mm -hmm. finding a way to communicate yeah. with one another 
Yeah. Where you're at with think all that. One of, one of the things that like I thought about when leaving religion is that I find a lot more joy and a lot more meaning in living with the uh, with the unanswered questions than with the answers that seem like they're completely made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think especially in religion in particular, but everything feels so rigid. So it seems mm -hmm. really hard to like, I, I know for me to find myself in that or to see myself in that or to utilize mm -hmm. it in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I thought I would just stare at you and see what happened for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I would stare back and see what happens. You'd be like, oh, what are, what are they going to oh, do? Oh, you think you're going to get me, Bonnie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, and you, you said that you did identify as atheist, yes? Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I saw that in your, in your beautiful little post today. <laughs> but yeah, I do put a lot of that religious trauma into my, into my drag. Uh, because it's interesting. Do you say religious it's, it's, trauma? Yeah. It's yeah. my drag is very interesting to examine because it's such a part of culture and there's so much iconography and there's so much meaning and mm -hmm. there's so much bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so fun to play in. Like uh, when I do, I do a number as like the Virgin Mary where like I cry bloody tears, but that's because I saw it on television. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, I have to tell you, I grew up watching, um, there's these horrible shows on Spanish television called Primer Impacto and Al Rojo Vivo. First Impact, Vivid Red. So it's mm. all like shock news. Oh, uh -huh. <laughs> and my mom's an alarmist. They would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and they would show things like live exorcisms, like people who were possessed. And it would show like uh, people doing like uh, that thing where they like lament and they like walk on their knees for miles all bloody. Or when oh, they wow. do like the live crucifixions where it's like somebody and they get stabbed for real on the arms mm -hmm. or like the saint statues are like bleeding or like they're, they're crying and all that cre horrible, scary, horrible things. <laughs> like yeah. they all, like I told you, I had an active imagination. So all that stuff really scared me. So yeah, I, yeah. I love horror. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's also been a part of my drag. So my number where I do Virgin Mary was inspired by one of those newscasts where one of the figures was crying blood, which is so mm -hmm. creepy. All these things are not things that children like need to grow up seeing. It's so gory. It's so horrible. Right. And when it's presented as truth, it's just so damaging. <laughs> Mm. Like my nephews, lo I love that my nephews love horror and I love that I can tell them like, oh, it's all fake. Like, let me show you a behind the scenes of how it's made. So, that, you know, they can sleep. I know that they can sleep at night and not li live with the same fear. Like, kind and now they like the other day, I have to tell you, they, um, they filmed themselves on their phone doing a, ho a little horror scene where mm -hmm. one was a, they're like, they're like three-year-olds. They're little, little tiny boys. And uh -huh. one of them was a zombie and the other one was getting attacked. And like, oh, they're like, wow. oh, let's look and see how it came out in the video. They're talking about like, oh, let's stop and look and see how it came out. And then they texted oh, wow. it to me. It was so cute. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And when you utilize iconography in your um your work, what does that does that do anything for you? It it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And what's your hope with the audience, or is there? I think you know what. Hmm. Well, my uh, my ultimate hope is I want to entertain. I want people to have a good time, and I want them to see something dazzling and cool, and 
and and yeah so does it help pretty you work much my, the, that's do you yeah do you feel like it helps you work through some of the trauma like to heal from the trauma or do you feel like you're i think you the, the the humor does and so i share that too mm -hmm. yeah sorry it seems our, our connections are being weird tonight <laughs> it's fine that's that's the joys of this sort of stuff for sure let's take a quick little a little break i'm gonna um, play like a little clip for like a minute and then we'll come right back on okay oh, okay all right That was a little longer than I wanted, but hey. I really liked that I was able to breathe. <laughs> right? I know I just felt like I needed a second to like Yeah, yeah. Catch my breath or something, you know? Yes. <laughs> so I would I wanted to hear a little bit about I know that you also identify as a gothic gardener. Um, and that, <laughs> that's something that you do you do that in as part of your drag as well, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, during the pandemic, uh, I started doing I, I started a YouTube channel. I well, I already had a YouTube channel, but I started a YouTube series where I wanted to share the love of gardening. Because when I first got into it, I didn't. I thought it was like only for rich people, and like because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what's like. If you go to the store, that's what it looks like. Seeing all these things and all these prices, it's like it's like it's not for me. I'm not spending mm. all this money on all this nonsense. That's not going to mean anything. <laughs> right, right. But then right, so uh, once... Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. But then once I got into it, I realized that, like, no, it's, it's not. Like, you can you can find ways to find joy in all of that. Like, my first... When I first started gardening, I think um, uh, it was so cool because so many of my uh, plants, uh, my outdoor plants have come from other performers like mm -hmm. uh Fra frankly frankie gave me like uh, a whole bunch of cuttings from, like pieces out of her garden that she just had an abundance that i could just grow so that's mm -hmm. that was really cool um i gotten a lot from lillian stardust i got some beautiful pink and yellow pink and pink and white iris from minerva so I have some really cool plants that are really sentimental to me and that the, and many of them are perennial. So they come back every year. So you just plant them oh, outside. Wow. They take care of themselves. They find their own water and nutrients. You don't really have to do anything. So mm -hmm. there's, there's those plants. I think my, um, my, um, 
my uh, gateway plant was strawberries because I mm. found out that they send out runners and they multiply. So they multiply every year. So you don't have to, once you buy it once, you get, you just keep getting more plants for free. Oh, wow. And I was like, mm -hmm. what else does this? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you enjoy oh. most about gardening? Uh, I think it's uh there's there's the changing of the there's always something like to discover or like I don't know plants are pretty flowers are pretty <laughs> um it's fun to raise stuff from seed and it's fun to eat stuff it's fun mm. to like when I do garden chores sometimes I'll, I'll some plants will like lean on the ground I'll cu I'll cut off the branches and then I'll have cut flowers and it's like it's so rewarding and um, what was I going to say? Uh, at first, I wanted to, I had to figure out like what kind of garden I wanted. And I thought, oh, fairy tale garden. But then I didn't want to like base a lot of my motifs around like German fairy tales. <laughs> and I was mm -hmm. like, well, so then I started learning about like Mexican plants, like cosmos and dahlias uh, were grown by Aztecs and they were, uh, the, the tubers are edible. I think the flowers are edible too, and uh, they multiply every year. So every year you get like more plants. And I don't know if you've seen dahlias, but they get really big, just like mm -hmm. giant showy petals. They're they're incredible. Yeah, are they <laughs> kind of like mum looking? Right? Yeah, they're but they're like, like this big. They're re really huge, big. Yeah. Yeah, dahlias are, are gorgeous. Yeah, I hope you can come check out my garden. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to come check out your garden sometime. Yeah, and and I'll give you plants. Are you growing anything? Oh, I don't. I'm not growing anything yet. Maybe okay, little, well, if you want to, I'll have, I'll have stuff to share and divide. And that's the fun yeah, part yeah, about there's like a community aspect to all of this, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Uh, like the best plants are free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's nice. It sounds like, too, it's like when people give to you those plants, it sounds like you get reminders of them. Like you can go out to yeah. the yard and it's like you're out hanging out with Minerva or Frankie or you know what I mean? <laughs> I have lemon balm from Lillian Stardust over here. Oh, nice. <laughs> that sounds all really great. What are you looking forward to with drag? Um, you're getting ready to get into some drag stuff, no? Kind of drag season? I mean, it's always drag season, but... Yeah, the, the cold season is the best drag season. <laughs> <laughs> right? You get done performing, you're all gross and sweaty and, and hot, and you just step outside into a little refrigerator, and it feels great. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot coming. I'm excited to do the Idaho Halloween and Horror Con again this year. I do this little show called Horror Divas Live, which is like a yesification, a queerification of horror icons. Mm. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. And awesome. it's been cool to go to a festival where that celebrates horror. And to bring other other people from the community into that. That's been really rewarding. And that's local, right? Yeah, it's local. It happens here. Last night, last year, it happened at Red Lion. This year, it mm -hmm. will happen, I think, at the Expo Idaho. I'm not sure yet because it, it, they're working, still working on it. Yeah. And Dragfort is coming up. Are you involved with that? Oh, yeah. I'm performing on when, the Wednesday of Dragfort for their kickoff. Yeah, they're... I have a I have a whole list of gigs. <laughs> nice. There's there's so many cool things in in Idaho now, and I love Dragfort. I love that it's like the it's not really the city, but it's like an event in the city. Finally, recognizing drag because we have such a cool drag and burlesque scene in town yeah. that very few people know about. 
Well, now they do, and they want to ban it all. But <laughs> for a long yeah. time, a lot of people didn't know what a great scene we have here. So it's been really cool yeah. to be included, and it's been really affirming. And I'm really, really happy about that. Yeah, I was gonna. That was gonna be kind of my next next question. How do you feel like things are going to be in the future in Idaho when it comes to drag with all the political kind of conversation and stuff that's happening? Well, I personally, uh, one of my events was attacked. I got booked for to do um, to do a show for BSU that was all ages, mm -hmm. but you know it's BSU. It's all college students. It's like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and up. So it's like, it's not kids. <laughs> I mean, you can bring kids and it's whatever. And, and like we performers know how to perform for all ages. Like we perform at Pride. We know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Right, right. So anyway, this, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the BSU Republicans. They used to be really nuts. Now they're a full-blown white supremacist organization that's oh, wow. funded by student funds. So they reached out to like uh, Incel who made articles about me specifically and about like the performances at BSU and wanting to, and you know, just calling people like uh, all the horrible names. What at first do. it was yeah. so funny because it was just so ridiculous and absurd, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. but you can only get called all those horrible names so much before you start laughing. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not funny the way that conservatives use sexual assault to attack people of color, but don't really care about sexual assault is so gross. And then the way they use like uh, um, grooming and pedophilia to attack queer people, but they don't actually care about trafficking. They don't really care about the, there's organizations that focus on that. They're not talking right. about those. They're talking about canceling people on the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's already, and there's already laws against those sorts of things, you know, there's drag, laws and there's organizations that focus on that, right. that they're not, they're not really talking about. They're only trying to attack queer people. Mm -hmm. How, how do you, um, how do you cope with all of this? How, how are you um, dealing with this? If you don't mind me asking. Because I've, I've found it challenging myself, too, and just kind of like, I'm just curious how you're navigating it. Well, I'm more, I'm more concerned. I don't think I don't think that, you know, they're coming after drag, but I think who they're really coming after is trans people. So that's who I have really have concern for, because uh, that's who they're like when they talk about gender presentation outside. They're, they're not just talking about drag queens. They're talking about anybody who doesn't fit the binary. And it's, yeah. uh, and it's, yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. What would you, what would you say to, to people who, what, what would you say to other drag artists right now in Idaho? Oh, I thought you said to people who don't understand. Well, I do want to talk to people. Who uh, either understand. way. Yeah. I mean, either way. I think, uh, I think it's ridiculous that, uh, well, I, or something that people can use to bring out in this, 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 these discussions is that like, um, queer people are part of families. So all the weird, like family values, nonsense, like doesn't make sense. Uh, but anyway, what I want to say is that, um, that, uh, that just like music, just like film, there's the, and drag is uh, the same an uh, art, art form. There's some that is for children and there's some that is not. And uh, the ones that are, are not for children, for all ages. And then the ones that are for all ages, like we are all like smart adults. We know what is appropriate and not appropriate. We're part of families. We have children. We we are children. So we we know what's appropriate and not appropriate. Uh, I don't really know what I, I, I can't even think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Would you, do you have anything you would say to other drag artists right now? 
whether it was just supportive words or hmm it's difficult yeah well we do have uh we the i would say to get involved get organized that's more important that's the most important thing when you to do when you feel helpless mm -hmm. to not be alone with it all to really just kind of surround yourself mm -hmm. with people like yourself are you part of a drag family I never, I never was, but uh, throughout the years, I've had people who wanted to, for me to be their drag mom, and I always said no because, like, <laughs> I never had one, and I want mm -hmm. people to be their own unique individuals. I don't want them to be like a copy of someone else, or to feel like. But I understand the importance of like, of like having somebody to show you how to do stuff who has been doing it for a long time, yeah. or sometimes you just have like a, a really like deep connection where you want a sort of a relationship with somebody like that. So yeah. I have had now three kids. My first one was Teriyaki, who's living in Denver right now. Then I have Nikki Grimm mm -hmm. <laughs> from town. She's an incredible performer. Yeah. Uh, funny as hell. And then I have recently Chico Mia, who, was a, who uh, is a Brazilian performer here in town. And they're incredible. Yeah, they'll be on the show on Saturday. So, yeah, Saturday. Chico what show is that? Will be. This. They'll be, they'll be where you are just on Saturday. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Britney show. Oh, my God. Yeah, come to, come to Cookie Party. Yeah, if you're so queer and you like Britney Spears, come to Cookie Party. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to doing that. I'll once I do the interview with Chico, then I'm gonna go and watch the show for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, my brain is mush. <laughs> oh, that's, my brain that's is okay. mush. I'm all, I'm constantly promoting when I, but yeah. not like. I have a no, lot to do good. for that show, so I'm think I am. It's in my mind of all the stuff I have to do that yeah. I'm holding off to last minute. <laughs> <laughs> well and I, I appreciate you kind of going along the journey i know we talked about some exciting stuff some less exciting stuff and we're pretty much we're, we're down to like the last few minutes um what would you, is there anything that you would like to say or talk about that you haven't talked about yet or you would like to say again i just want to say that bush did 9 11 Oh, okay. <laughs> My brain's like, huh? Okay. <laughs> I think that's for another podcast in another day. But <laughs> so those are your final words for tonight. No, I'm just, I'm just curious. What have been some? Uh, I there's a question I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, what has been the challenge of doing this series? You talking to queer people about religion? Because it's, it's such a tricky subject. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what challenges yeah. challenges you've run into. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's... it's, it's Besides me. Because, right. But but I mean, even, like, even if... I think even just your initial re response was like, but I'm not spiritual or I'm not like whatever. And so I think, I think that... I think a lot of us have our own spiritual trauma and religious trauma and things like that. And so we very much stay away from it you know we're like fuck off you know and i've been that girl for a long time and i totally get it i appreciate it and i understand it um and also i've gotten a lot of healing from my spiritual trauma by you know i think being intentional with my drag and and those sorts of things and so i understand i think there were there were a lot more people who said they wanted to do it 
but then ended up not doing it. And I know some of that comes down to timing, but I think also it comes down to having the emotional capacity and the ability to really be able to go through this conversation because it brings up, it just brings up a lot for folks. And I think for many of us, we keep these parts of ourselves separate. Like even if we're kind of at home wrestling with spirituality or whatever, you know, we go to the bar, we go to our shows and we just kind of like leave it somewhere else. And so I understand the need to keep it separate. And so that's a lot of why I do this series too, is to help people see that it can be integrated. And for some folks, it's helpful and useful. For other folks, it's not. And that's perfectly okay. Um, I've just gotten so much personal growth from it. And I love hearing about other people's experience about spirituality. And I love drag. And so it was just kind of a nice way to bring it together. But it's it's a common challenge everywhere. Like, and isn't it even... wild that like it's religious attacks that are trying that are that are behind what's going on right now, too. Yeah, well, and but, it's religious. Yeah, it's crazy that like religion and the, and God and this thing that supposedly give us life is the thing that also causes us not to want to live anymore, you know, like just to kind of go back to like the beginning of some of your narrative and, and my own too. It's like, it's crazy that that thing that we are told that gives us life is also that that's going to take it because we're not a value, which seems so contrary to the whole idea of whatever it is anyway. I'm not like... A, it's, I was raised Christian. So like I lean to that. Plus we're in a Christian, you know, as much as we don't like, it's not called mm -hmm. a Christian country. It is like, we're impacted by Christianity. So deeply. yeah, the attacks you are crystal the, the attacks currently on dragon trans people are crystal fascists is what they are. Yeah. Well, and, but you do also have a lot of people, like, I think for some people it is a spiritual thing, but there are plenty of people who hate us who don't give a shit about God either. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the that's also another I think challenge because I have like mm -hmm. family members and stuff that have problem with me, and it it has nothing to do with their church. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something else going on, and I think that's part of the challenge is that there's so many things kind of happening all at once that it's it's really hard to figure out how do you how do you combat it. Yeah, there's definitely very nuanced, but what, what brought about that thought is what happened to Miss Kelly G in Pocatello. Yeah. That was all people from a church who decided, let's go and let's go sit in and prevent all these kids from hearing this drag queen tell a story. So yeah, that was, that was, yeah. It's, I don't, I don't understand. I honestly, I don't understand it. You know? Yeah. I mean, they all went in there and basically all the kids got kicked out because all the adults, you know, stole their seats. You know, it's like, it's, I don't understand how that's. I, I don't get it. I really don't understand it. But yeah, in conclusion, I want religions to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I just wish that we could um I, I don't think the goal is to understand one another. It's to have mm -hmm. compassion for one another mm -hmm. as fellow human beings on this earth, you know? Like and and whatever that is that's causing people to be so harmful you know that it makes me sad that there's something in people that causes that in them do you know what i mean I, and i don't know how to fix that I, I just know that i've i've not always been beautiful i've had some ugly and oftentimes my ugly has come from pain or hurt or harm and i just am eager to find a way that we all can kind of like heal and you know be better with one another
regardless of how. And maybe that's what what's kept me from religion is that I understand the dangers of that cult thinking and that that dogma. Even in like, so you have that with religion with crystal fascism, and then in more of the spiritual non non Christian, yeah. you have like, you also have a lot of people. You have cults. <laughs> you have uh, you have that like uh, new age spirituality that turns people into crazy narcissists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's like there the, the religion can be. So that's why it's it's like looking for another kind of sort of set of beliefs hasn't um hasn't um hasn't appealed to me ever. But yeah. I definitely you know I definitely understand spirituality and more of a like. Like I'm, I'm leaning far and far from, farther and farther from all the colonial beliefs and trying to think back to my indigenous yeah. roots and like putting more of that. And a lot of that is just like loving nature and loving what's already here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I definitely practice that, but I wouldn't call it a set of beliefs. It's just like it's living with the questions and being in awe of everything that exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I totally get that yeah i i see spirituality sometimes because it seems like it's easier but for me it's just like i know that i have like i just feel like there's a spirit that lives within me that lives between you and i and within you and that kind of brings us all together and yeah think, life we're alive right That's and the more incredible. that <laughs> the more that i can and so for me spirituality is existing as if i know that to be the truth mm-hmm. and because when I when I can do that, I think I'm a little bit more mindful about how I am in the world and how I impact the creatures and the people and you know that which is around me. And so to me, that's spirituality. It's just being mindful of all life. Um, but yeah, I, but I've struggled with finding religion or community around that even because it, it is so you know colonized and appropriated and misguided and you know it's, it's really hard and that's why i like talking with people because i don't know the answers i haven't figured it out i'm just curious to know how people are living their life and what is giving them life and and hearing them talk about that it kind of gives me life too you know yeah yeah, interesting that you bring up the word community because that word is used a lot. And then that go, mm-hmm. gets me thinking about to like how we, what community means. Like mm-hmm. we talk about the LGBT community, but like we don't all live together. We don't all get along. No. <laughs> we don't all yeah. have that much in common. <laughs> yeah, well, in community, but, but com- community can take us apart, can take us away from each other too. It all just depends yeah. on what our understanding is of what community is or isn't, you know? And then talking about what it looked like in Mexico where you like, you live next to everybody and you like, you could go anywhere. And over here mm-hmm. it's like individualistic. There's not really a, the word community is just, it's not really a thing in like, no. in like living spaces. It's more of like a virtuous sort of like signaling, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, but it's not really like a physical thing. Yeah. But I definitely, I definitely feel. I definitely feel the 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 drag community for sure. That's definitely mm-hmm. so important to me because um it's definitely a support system and it's definitely it's it's loving art and it's um 
it's loving queerness. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and all those things are so important to to life. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. I enjoyed getting to chat with you more the last couple of nights. Uh, we've known <laughs> each other for a really long time, and I feel like we've spent less time in conversation than the amount of time, obviously, that we've known each other. And I'm eager to be in the same city and to be in more conversations with you in the future. Yeah, you better come over. You better I come will. over I, in I the gotta spring go to your garden. <laughs> eat your dal eat, eat the dahlia or something. Those probably are <laughs> the, edible. The, <laughs> they, you know what? They might not taste very taste very good because people don't eat them anymore. But yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a good night. Have a good night, everybody who joined us. And um, join me on Friday night with uh, Serafina and on Saturday with Chico Mia. So check out the link. Love in the them. Description. <laughs> Take care. Have a good night, everybody. Love you. Bye bye. <laughs>